My theme for today is uh, Metamorphosis on the Road to Damascus. And I want to start from the principle that all scripture is God breathed. Thank you for helping me because I didn't know how to say breathed or breathed. So all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word. So the word of God is enough and everything we need in order for us to live the life that he has planned for us. Um, if we only put the word that we read into practice... However, when the word of God is used in a wrong perspective, in, a, in, in out of context, it can lead people to serious mistakes. What we are looking for here, Sunday after Sunday, first Wednesday after first Wednesday, is to grow in our faith, to mature in our handling of the word of God and experiencing what he has promised us. Experiencing what he has promised us. And being the testimony to our neighbors and, and far and as he had asked us to be. So to me, the mo one of the most dangerous things that can happen to our Christian's life is to lack revelation. And revelation can only come through the Holy Spirit. You can read the Bible from beginning to end. You can know you, all the verses by heart. But if the Holy Spirit does not bring you revelation, there, it's only words. It's only words. If we have the Bible... If we read the Bible day and night without revelation, it is if we had a million pounds in our bank account and didn't know the PIN number to cash it out. It's basically that. Is it too trivial? We need the Holy Spirit to bring us revelation. So I want to bring you two examples. These two examples might be trivial, but they are true stories, okay? One, one example of um, mistaking in applying the word of God. We had this group of uh, youth, young people in our church years ago, and they were about uh, 16 to 19, something like that. Some churches have us there rules or their principles, some things that others don't. I'm not saying what is right or what is wrong, but in our church, we did not support anybody getting tattooed. Okay, like this one I got with my mom recently. <laughs> Thank God I'm not from that church anymore. So, we were talking to these kids, to these young people, and they, they said, look, there is no Bible base for you to say that we can't get tattooed. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, there is a verse, <laughs> there is a verse 
in Revelation that says that Jesus has written on his thigh, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. <laughs> Guys, that situation, I'm not going to talk anymore about that. But anyway, a second example, which is very true, it happened in Brazil, and it is a grammar problem. In Brazil, we have those funny signs on the letters, on the words, <clears throat> and it can change absolutely everything. This pastor was allowed by his wife and his uh, congregation to commit adultery based on the Bible. So this, this situation started to get wide and then um, a TV channel found out, they got the, uh, reported, and then this pastor, you can see his face, that he was being genuine in his belief. It's a very simple church. <clears throat> and then the, these uh, journalists come to his house and says, but what is it that you are uh, uh, committing adultery with every woman. He said, but that's what God tells us to do in order to purify them. And then the journalist said, but which verses are you based on? <clears throat> and then he said, it is Oseas 3.1. It says, the Lord said to me, <clears throat> go again, love a woman loved by your friend and adulteress. <clears throat> But in Portuguese, this word adulteress, if you put a little sign on the letter U, it becomes commit adultery. So that's the, but then the journalist said, but I'm sorry, pastor, but this means this and not that. Then he said, no, it's not. And on the TV show, guys. On a TV show. And all the women and families were there. Saying, no, we want to become Christians. And we understand that to be accepted by God, we need to be purified. And, and the way to do it is to sleep with the pastor. For God's sake. There was an absolute mistake. That's a horrible example. But that was his understanding. And there were hundreds of people in his church. Okay? That's terrible. That's not happening to us. But there are so many ways we can apply the word of God, either in obedience or for convenience. I'm not judging his intention or his was pretending, whatever. But the word of God confronts us most of the time because we are still in our flesh. And our flesh desires what is against the Holy Spirit, the Spirit. So we might be tempted to transform the word of God for our convenience and ignore what God is actually talking to us. Some people give up faith because they have been praying for something and Jesus said, ask and ask again and you will receive. And then when they don't receive, they give up faith because it didn't happen as I wished. But then they forgot to read the other bit that says in, the, in this world we will have troubles. Excuse me. <clears throat> we need revelation. 
We need to understand that the Word of God is a whole thing. It's not individual verses that speak to us one day and, and not in the other day. I, have this, I had this leader before, um, and he said, be careful when using the Word of God as a talisman, like a, a luck book, because one day you might open the Bible, and then you're going to read the verse that Judas hanged himself. And what are you going to do then? That's going to be the, the answer to your life? Are you going to hang yourself up? Right, are you with me? Right. So it's time to mature. And in our church, and as a church of Christ, we have been in this journey to maturity. <clears throat> we need to activate growth in our spiritual life. And we will achieve this once we learn to digest the Word of God. When Zoe was born, I had many months of sleepless night because she struggled with uh, digestion, with gas. There was a day that, there was a time where she spent 10 days without pooping, excuse me, my English. And then we took her to chiropractors and GPs and everything. And then he said, it's because her digestive system is not yet fully developed. She was full term, but it's still things growing in her. It's exactly how it happens in our lives, guys. I wonder what happens if Natalie decides to give little Xavier, Xavier a piece of sirloin. Poor baby, it's going to choke. But also, guys, if we are not going to look for maturing in our understanding of the Word of God, we are going to live plain, superficially, nothing happening, just living day by day, nothing exciting, nothing fruitful. I don't want to live like that. I urgently need to step up in my faith. And how do we do that? We won't be able to di digest solid food if we don't have revelation from the Holy Spirit. Yes? So I was worried that this message would be too simple, too plain, too basic. Come on, these people are Christians. They have been Christians for longer than I have been. This is nothing. Nothing's going to change in their lives. I was really worried about that. But then, as much as I prayed about it, God, bring me something new, something different, something more I was stuck with the points that I had already heard from him. And then sometimes, because of our experiences and because of our um, knowledge, we tend to ignore the basics. And then sometimes we think, because we know it all, we have been through so many experiences, all we need to do is just that. We forgot that we need to start from the bottom. And then we start building things without a proper foundation. We forget the basics very easily. We simply forget. We let go. Oh, no, this is just too basic. Let's go for something more complex. Let's be more Christian. Let's be more 
powerful, let's have some performance, let's have some boom. And then we forget the basics, the principles, the, the details, that the foundation that is going to hold anything that you are planning to build upon. You know, like, do you, do you get what I mean? Okay, so let's dive into uh, the journey um, that Saul's had to go through and to learn <clears throat> the metamorphosis that it happens in his life on the road to Damascus. So, can I have the verse, please? It's a long one, and I want you to stick with me. Let's pay attention to this. So, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the highest priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas and on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hand on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Just there. I want to talk about Ananias at the moment. First of all, it surprises me how the news traveled fast at, back then because there was no internet, WhatsApp, or anything. Before even Saul got to the presence of Ananias or Ananias into the presence of Saul, he knew already that this guy had a special permission to to arrest anyone that uh, confessed the name of Jesus. So first, fun fact there, news traveled super fast. A second point there uh, is Ananias being resistant to what God wanted to do. How many times the parents of young children have to ask them to do something? I have a system in my house. We have the coins, no, we have the stars and coins system in my house. 
If Zoe listens and do, she keeps her coins. If she doesn't, she loses the coin. For each three coins, she gets a star. If she gets a star, she gets a prize. It's a complex system, but I managed to make it work. Anyway, Ananias was naturally, naturally worried about going and find Saul. How many times have we been in a situation similar to that? What are you asking of me? How many times have we been challenged to do something that we did not want to do? Not because of convenience, maybe, or because we were just too tired, or because I have done already so much. Why would I do that again? Ask someone else. To me, it is a sign of immaturity, having to beg, having to insist someone to do something that is clearly so necessary. But Ananias did not discuss with God, did not argue with God. He brought his point, which to me makes it clear that God understands our limitation. It is so clear that he understands our limitation. If God is saying, no, okay, but go, because I need to show this guy what he needs to suffer in my name, because I have to, you know, God understands, he, he doesn't only listen to our attempt to change, excuse, excuse me, to change God's mind, you know, he understands that which means we are not supposed to be people like this. Yes, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that without questioning. It's natural to question, but obedience is a sign of maturity. Obedience is a sign of maturity. Understanding uh, the why something needs to be done and the time that it needs to be done is a sign of maturity. When I ask Zoe, Zoe, it's time for food. Oh, mom, just one more uh, TV show. No, it's time because the food's going to be cold in a minute. Or, Zoe, go brush your teeth. Oh, mom, I don't want now. Later. No, it's bedtime now. You know, like that constant argument. Like my mom saying, take a paracetamol so you feel better. Mom, I'm fine. You know? Okay, second point here is that humility leads to maturity. If we go to the verse, no verse. Hang on. Can you go to the verse 21 for me, please, uh, Adam? It says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. So this was after Ananias praying for Saul, restoring his vision. Saul spent several, he was still Saul, wasn't Paul yet. He spent several days into the presence of the disciples. Doing what? Learning. And what's something that surprises me so much is that although Saul was highly educated in the laws of God, Saul was on the way to become a rabbi. He knew what he was defending. He was a zealous, zealous, 
zealous man of the law, you know, he was, he didn't want people to mess about with his faith, with the things that he believed. You know, he stood up for his, for his faith. He stood up for the things of God. He knew that was all about the old covenant. But he humbled himself to learn about the revelation, the revelation of love through the life of Jesus Christ, who came to fulfill the very rules that Saul was bound to, but could not perfect. I find that so amazing. Jesus had done everything that Saul couldn't do, although he was a very zealous man of God. He couldn't see that because up to that point, what was lacking? Revelation. He needed that encounter. There is a verse that says in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, He, Jesus, has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen? Obvious is this, isn't it? A mature Christian will never resist an opportunity to learn and grow. Seeking and submitting ourselves to a fresh revelation of God through others is a sign of maturity. You, might, you, could, have, you could think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do there on the first Wednesday again? What am I doing in my small group? Why am I going to church every Sunday? I have been to so many conferences. I have studied so much. I have experienced this and that. The ones that want more of God will not resist an opportunity. They want more. They, want, they are hungry. They are thirsty. doesn't matter how much you know already. This verse is a verse that touched my heart so much. And it is, for me, it, this was one of the verses that Fabian and I would share and talk about when we were getting to know each other. He would wake me up on the phone, right? Hello, are you awake yet? Are you ready to go to work? This is the day that the Lord has made and he woke you up. He wakens your ears to listen as the one being instructed, you know. Be full of the Holy Spirit. That was my, my husband-to-be. I knew by then that he was the guy. So there is this verse in Isaiah 54, 50 verse 4, that says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me. Morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like the one being instructed. That's daily. We need to wake up wanting to learn, to hear from him, the fresh revelation. My third point is, a mature Christian will act according with their faith. Even in the face of risks, a, a Christian that is mature won't stay quiet. I was approached by a teacher on Friday, and 
she came to me every time that a teacher brings a child to the parent, and that's because something happened. And then the lady said to me, I want to say, I just want to share with you that I'm very proud of Zoe. She's a young uh, child, she's a young girl, but she stood up for her faith. And then I said, why, why was that, how come? And, and the school is a Christian school, it's a, a Church of England school. And then she said, there was a game, uh, and the game was for you to, uh, to take on a um, character of Halloween and, and perform something scary, Halloween theme. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to play because we don't do Halloween. We are uh, the people of light, she told the teacher. And then she sat down. And then the teacher was just absolutely so surprised. Zoe, at five, she stood up for her faith. And sometimes we are worried about what we are going to say to that friend that comes to you and confesses that she's cheating on her husband. And we are worried about what we are going to say to the friend that keeps confessing to you that she's being, I don't know, whatever it is, getting something inappropriate from, from uh, her place of work. Or a friend that is confessing to you that night after night she's he or she is being, going to pornography and you are just there quiet. A, a mature Christian needs to be ready. God has given us a well-instructed tongue to confront, to instruct, to guide others. What are we saying to people that are complaining about their situation in their homes with a violent uh, relationship or lack of food. What are you doing? Are you just tapping on their shoulders and saying, yeah, times are hard? I know. My fourth point here was, is maturity, maturity will make us fearless in the name of Jesus, which is connected to the previous point. Guys, we are not going to do anything in our own power. We are not going to do anything in our own strength, in our own knowledge. Doesn't matter how great you are in your field of experience of, uh, of work. or It is not about us. It's about what the Holy Spirit can reveal to you so you can manifest on others' others lives. Are you with me? Are you sleepy? It's so quiet. Do you have that song to play in the background or not really? Yeah? Do you think it's okay to play it very quietly? As a mature Christian, we are going to be an unstoppable testimony. We are not going to be just living. I'm so tired of just living. Uh, could you go back to verse 21, please? It says, At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Think about Saul's life. Saul's life. He, he fell off his horse. He was blind. He didn't eat or drink for three days. 
someone came, prayed to him, and he was transformed. He had a revelation of who Jesus was. He spent days with the disciples learning more. And at once, he began to, began to, pre to um, preach, to share that message. How many days were, was he into the proper gospel? How many days was he, you know, like, but he couldn't hold it. He couldn't hold it. He said, I need to be a testimony now. I need to start preaching now. I had a letter here that I could kill you guys, but I want to be one of you. I want to be one of you. Let's go. Let's preach. Let's, let's announce. This is word of life. My fifth and last point is, a mature Christian will bear fruits. A mature Christian will multiply themselves. And I'm not talking about natural um, fruits. I'm talking about the influence we, we cause in people's uh, lives around us. In our workplace, in our schools, on our uh, whatever, wherever God takes us. In our holiday. In our honeymoon, I don't know if Fabiano has told you this, but in our honeymoon, we were walking around the town and we came, we came across a little church and we decided to go in. Christians, on a Sunday, we need to go to church. This, we don't know what was going on there, but at some point, the pastors introduced us and we, we introduced ourselves. And then he said... Um, where are you from? And then we told him, and then we are pastors, youth pastors. Are you pastors? Come and preach to us. Like that. I don't know if that pastor wasn't ready or what happened. But even in our holidays, and we could just say, oh, come on. It's not time to be Christians now. We are just here in our honeymoon. We waited 10 months to even kiss each other. You know, I just want to enjoy life. Christianity, it is not a cloth you put on and take off when it is not convenient for you anymore. We need to wear this responsibility, whether you are in your honeymoon, doing shopping, working, you know, cleaning your, after your kids' mess, praising God and being a testimony. And I know it's hard sometimes. I've shared so many times with you. Sometimes I question, God, why did you think that I was able to be a mother? And he still enables me every day. What is your struggle? Start bearing fruit. The increase of numbers on the verse 31. Could you please put the verse 31 for me, Adam? The increasing numbers was the evidence of their maturation. It says the church then had peace, peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with courage, encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. We need to see these chairs with people sitting on them.
we have a great fishing opportunity on the 18th of November to invite friends for that game night. Games night. Yes? Let's not leave that opportunity, guys. We, I want to see this church full of people. I want young people. I want young families. I want old people. I want all people. I want to see this church being small for us. I want to increase in numbers. Because we are strong, mature, we head deep and down our roots. We now have everything we need to be fruitful. Have you ever eaten a not ripe fruit? Have you eaten a papaya? Have you ever eaten a papaya? Next week I, br I bring one for you guys. Anyway, I finally found a papaya. It's one of my favorite fruits. And it came all the way from Brazil. But guess what? It's ripe at home fruit. Came all the way from Brazil by, by sheep. I don't know how long they picked that papaya. You know, like, oh my gosh, it stayed under my bananas for two weeks. And yesterday I finally opened it. It wasn't the color that I was hoping for, but it was sweet, surprisingly enough. You know, we can have mechanisms of ripening stuff, but when we are rooted in God, the fruits come naturally. Let's be fruitful. If we are not being fruitful, something is lacking. So ultimately, all this was possible through a deep experience with Christ. We need fresh experiences with Jesus every day. No matter how much of the Bible we know already by heart, the letter will kill us and the ones around us too without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Saul had knowledge of the scripture he was not wrong based on the laws. He wasn't, was he? He was right. He, was, he thought he was doing the right thing. He didn't want anyone to mess up with his faith. But only an experience with Jesus will take us to a different level. It will make us grow. We need to stop watching Sermons, preachings, messages, nodding our head, agreeing to everything we hear. We need to stop that. We need to cry out for a fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit into our lives. This is not a mere story, guys. This is not for our entertainment. This his stories were written for our transformation. What is stopping you from growing? What I think is that we need to understand that our, our necessity for fresh revelation from God is every day. There was one element missing in Saul's life. And that was the cross. That was the Jesus on that cross 
and after that cross. So I would like to invite you to stand, if you can. And we are going to cry out to God and ask him to lead us back to the cross. You are going to ask God to bring you a new revelation of what he wants to show you, what he wants to do in you, what he wants to do through you. He's going to, he's ready. Tell him what is bothering you. Go back to the cross. Maybe Ananias, when he went into Saul's, the room where Saul was, he was tiptoeing, fearing for his life. Okay. Go in fear. Ask God, God, lead us to the cross. Jesus, I thank you for your cross. That's where our revelation, our fresh anointing, our empowerment, it comes from, Lord. Doesn't matter how many years we have been calling ourselves Christians. There is always a new revelation. There is always something fresh to come from your Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus, lead us back to the cross. Remind us of our first love. Remind, uh, remind us when we first met you, Lord. Maybe some of us did fall off their horses. It was a big fall. Some were just wrapped in, in ropes of love and it was just simply attracted to your presence. I don't know their stories, Lord. I know my story, and I know that you have something fresh for us today. Forgive us, Lord, to f for forgetting what you have done, the anointing that you have already poured on us. Oh, Jesus, lead us back to you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. We surround, we surrender to you, love, your love, your presence. Right now, Jesus. We belong to you. Yes, Jesus, lead us back to the cross. The revelation of your love, your power, your work that will make us grow and be your testimonies here, there, everywhere. Oh, and make us fruitful. We pray this morning that many people will walk through those doors and will have this encounter with you. But also, when we walk out those doors, we are going to be a point of encounter with you to all those that surround us. We are going to be a point of encounter with you to the ones around us. Oh, Jesus, show us what it is that is stopping us from growing. What is holding us back? What is missing in our construction? 
Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity this morning. Thank you for your word that's so powerful. Thank you for your love that brought us here today and it's holding us. Even though sometimes we don't understand. I pray that we are going to be vulnerable enough day by day to just throw ourselves in your arms, Lord, trusting you caring for us. Let us not lose our innocence. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.